The other side of this sample Columbia record affords the best possible evidence of the quality of Columbia recording. It demonstrates the faithfulness of our reproduction of the singing voice, and it is typical of the quality of every record in the entire Columbia list. The standard price of 10-inch Columbia double-disc records is 65 cents. As an interesting experiment, as well as a demonstration of the Columbia process of recording instrumental music, now one important point to remember, Columbia double-disc records may be played on either Columbia or Victor machines, and they will unfailingly outwear any other record. It seems rather obvious to us today that the disc records would always have two sides, but you know what, they didn't. The story behind such an apparently simple idea was fraught with the usual patent wars, false starts and stops, and the appearance of a bevy of talented, even tragic inventors on three continents. Ademar Napoleon Petit uh, might have been a rather petite in physical stature. He only stood five foot three. He, but he might have also been linked to his idea of the petite typewriter. But he was pretty big on ideas, and his most lasting legacy was the two-sided record. Welcome to Dead Wax 78s. I'm your host, Sean, and we're going to talk about all these old-time pioneer recording people. And today, it's Adamore Petit. Adamore Petit, also known as Adam, Adamore, and Napoleon Petit, was born in Fraserville, Timiskwata County, Quebec, on March 13, 1865, the son of Léon and Delia Bousquet Petit. And in the mid-1870s, the family moved to Chicopee Falls, Hampton, Massachusetts. Now, unfortunately, Delia died in 1877 at the age of 33, giving birth to a daughter. The next year, Leon, who had worked for the land manufacturing, remarried to Phoebe Johnson. But in 1880, uh, the 14-year-old Adamore and his brother Albert, who was 15, were working in a cotton mill. Adamore and Albert were looking for ways to escape from Chicopee Falls. Uh, soon, they caught the inventing bug. In 1887, Albert was granted a patent for a bicycle brace. And by 1891, the brothers had moved to New York City, uh, where Adamore applied for his typewriter patent. But typewriters were soon to be brushed aside from his life. As he embraced the work of Thomas Alva Edison and the possibilities for inventions which Edison had just opened wide up, Adamore went to work for Edison and patented improvements in his film projection, not just in the US but also in Britain and France. In 1898, using Edison's name with the great man's approval, Adamore organized the Edisonia Company of Newark with brothers Albert and Arthur. They sold Edison brand brown wax cylinders. Here's side one. Adelina Patti, uh, the jewel song from Faust from the Gramophone and Typewriter Company, 1905.
by January 1901, the sometimes employee of Thomas Edison, Adamore, filed specifically for a U.S. patent for a two-sided record, and it succeeded in obtaining it three years later. Although half was originally assigned to some ubiquitous Frederick M. Prescott, a one-time Edison dealer jobber himself, Petit, who had come from a manufacturing background, had since moved to the U.S. and became an American citizen. This was all unfortunate for Adamore. The patent was issued in the U.S. in 1904, as well as throughout Europe. Adamore also made a deal with Fred Figner, the largest phonograph dealer in Rio de Janeiro, which led to the first regular two-sided disc record being put on sale anywhere. Well, Figner had moved to Rio de Janeiro in 1900, and where in 1902 he had established the Casa Edison, the first commercial recording company in Brazil. Uh, Meanwhile, this guy Prescott moved to England and used it as a base to extend the operations of U.S. company Azonophone to Berlin in 1901, uh, Brussels and Milan in 1902, and Paris in 1903. Uh, The first shipment of 729 double-sided records made in Berlin went to Figner in 1902. Uh, In turn, Brazilian recordings were shipped back to Berlin. Adamor Petit joined Prescott in England in 1902. Uh, faced by a growing challenge from Petit, uh, Prescott and the Gramophone Typewriter Company, the parent organization for his master's voice, took control of Zonophone through its German affiliate, a Deutsch Gramophone AG Berlin. The Gramophone and Typewriter Company was founded by William Barry Owen and Trevor Williams in 1897 as the British partner of Emil Berliner's United States Gramophone Company. In December 1900, Owen gained the manufacturing rights for the Lambert typewriter, thus the name Gramophone and Typewriter Limited. Now this company became EMI. Now uh, Pink Floyd's 1973 Dark Side of the Moon was copyrighted to the a gramophone and typewriter company. How's that for an historic fact? Here's side two. Uh, Geraldine Farrar, Madam Butterfly, Act Two, 1907, Victor. Oh, my God. 
In the interim, Adamar Petit became interested in cylinders again, including those of celluloid, and left with his wife and daughter for England, arriving there about May 17, 1902. He helped Fred Prescott establish the new International Phonograph and Indestructible Record Company Limited of Liverpool, and for a while, some black celluloid cylinders, marked as Made with Petit Patent, were put on the market with plaster cores. They were sued unsuccessfully by the Lambert Company, but poor celluloid quality was more likely the culprit of its whole demise. So Petit returned to the U.S. in 1905 and set up a phonograph shop in Baltimore, where until 1910 he was an experimenter of machinery while his wife, Flora, sold phonographs and the daughter, Aurora, earned a living as an artist. He was active there for five years, returning to the West Orange area in the late 1910s, uh, where he set up a home laboratory in the barn on Wheeler Street and still maintains close ties with his friend, Edison, according to his passport application. By 1913, he became interested in the pull-chain electric fixtures and filed for a patent. Then in February 1914, his mind turned back to disc record production, and he applied for two more uh, patents, both of which his brother Albert would eventually claim. Da-da-da. The New York Herald described Petit at the time of his death as an inventor and formally a special investigator for Thomas A. Edison. Petit had resumed his close ties with Edison by this time. Here's side three. Sig Francisco La Paloma, 1904. And now we know that Sig was really Emilio de Gagorza. I'm 
Patent history of phonograph, but he is placed among the top 10 phonograph inventors with some 25 patents to his credit. A keenly awaited letter regarding the last two of these patents from his Manhattan patent attorney arrived at his home at 54 Wheeler Street, West Orange, on the morning of Monday, June 15, 1914. But Petit didn't get to see it. The morning of June 15th, seemed like any other, and Petit was observed picking some cherries on his property. He was apparently preoccupied and, and did not come in from the lab for lunch at his daughter's usual whistle. When Aurora Petit went out to report the receipt of the slightly delayed letter from his patent attorney in Manhattan, she found him resting in a chair with a 32 caliber pistol on his side and a suicide note addressed to his wife. It said, I go to nothing. The doctor would say that he had been dead for several hours and almost indecipherable excerpts from his death certificate is shown to say, deceased by gunshot. It is not known what later became of his wife Flora and his young daughter and the disposition of his ashes are not known as well. His eagerly awaited patent was officially issued the next day. Now Fred Figner, he stayed in Brazil the rest of his life accumulating a small fortune through his business acumen and was long active in local philanthropy. He acquired Brazilian citizenship in 1921 and there are probably not many who recall his pivotal role in establishing the prevalence of a two-sided record, though. However, in 1907, the future of the gramophone and typewriter company amid the failure of the typewriter side of the business, the company was named, changed to the Gramophone Company Limited. And in 1973, like I said, it was renamed as EMI Records Limited, and again in 2013 as... Uh, Parlophone Records Limited. Here's side four. A Miss Pauline Donalda. Si mes vrais avant les ailes. 1907. Oh. 
he was a mere 44 when he died. Wherever he went, he left a legacy. He had created the ability of 20th century music lovers to turn their records and play the flip side. Where we would have been without the B-side of a record? Well, with Gloria Gaynor, we would not have I Will Survive. With Rod Stewart, we wouldn't have Maggie May. And Queen's We Will Rock You, you know, that's just for starters. The CD generations don't know the joy of flipping a record. Thanks for listening. This is Sean, Deadwax 78s and... You know what? I will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>